the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Whether it's fries, simple truth turkey, or mac and cheese with Murray's English cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And fries has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Fries, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fries, fresh for everyone. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rescuers Radio Show at Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. Airs every Thursday at 5.30 p.m., and then once it airs uh, on Thursday, it goes into the podcast stream where you'll find all 97 of our previous shows right now. We're heading towards that 100 mark in uh, two weeks, Jeremy. Do you know that? No, we didn't know. We're our 100th show. I'm going to have to get something ready. <laughs> get out the balloons, right? Yeah. So um, uh, I have a great guest here today. And uh, by the way, you can see all the all the previous shows at uh, rescuersradioshow.org. Uh, and you'll find out where you can donate if you wish to donate. We're an audience-supported, uh, a listener-supported show. So um, let's go to Linda Pauling. And I have Holly uh, Costello here, who is the president of marketing and PR for Make-A-Wish. And Linda Pauling is the founder, I can say. One of them, yes. One of them. One of the, you brought them all together, though, right? I was the instigator. For Make-A-Wish Foundation, and uh, which is based right here in Phoenix, Arizona. So, uh, Linda, I, I always like to start off our, our audience uh, doesn't know you. You don't know them. Let's acquaint them. Uh, go, go back and, and uh, start with your personal backstory. How did you get to this point? Well, it uh, is really quite an amazing story, and it usually takes me about an hour or two to really tell it. But uh, well, Christopher, I'll let you I, know when it's. Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> Christopher and I came to Phoenix, Arizona, um, February fourth, nineteen seventy-seven, after my father had passed away, and we needed to get my mother and my grandmother and the car back here. So driving around uh, cross country. Christopher ended up with a bloody nose. When we arrived in Phoenix, took him to the doctor. They did a little pinprick, and they diagnosed him with leukemia. Mm-hmm. And so that started us on a three-year venture with just 
pulling up the bootstraps and going for it, you know. In uh, Christopher always loved policemen, and he uh, wanted to be a policeman when he grew up. And actually, at from five years old to seven, he was a cop. He was the master of the house, and uh, mommy was just there to pay bills and cook dinner. <laughs> so, a cop in the sense that you bought little uniforms and toys. Every you know, the <laughs> supermarkets used to have the little. Uh, cuffs, yeah, cuffs and, you know, police stuff. <laughs> and so anyway, but we had met some friends uh, along the way, police officers, for a good reason, were put into our path. And one of those gentlemen was Tom Austin. It was about six months into a friendship with he and his wife and their children that uh, Christopher's little bald head was starting to show pretty good. Mm. And they said, what is going on here? And I said, he has leukemia. He's got, the doctors gave him three years, maybe three and a half medical technology. So Tommy went to work. Uh, He was uh, working with Ron Cox, who was with the Department of Public Safety, our Arizona Highway Patrol, and I'm proud of those guys so much. But uh, these gentleman and Tom got together and decided to give Chris a helicopter ride. Nice. And it was about mid-April of 1980 that Chris went into the hospital. Mm-hmm. We said, the doctor said, "He's this is, we're coming to the end. Mm-hmm. So, But the next morning when I woke up in that semi-leather chair beside the bed, um, <laughs> He was eating breakfast, watching cartoons, and waiting for me to wake up. Oh. So it was, that was like, wow, what's yeah. going on here, you know? And the doctor didn't really even know what was going on, but Chris had been reprieved, and I thank God for that very much because the next morning Chris was the same. I took him home, and I made a phone call, but to Tom Austin. And I said, Tommy, if there's any way to call, call in that promise, now is the time. He got on the phone to Ron Cox, and it just went like wildfire through the, the guys. Mm. They were all just going static. What yeah. can we do for this little kid? Yes. Um, it's a whole And story. nothing like this had been done before. No, it had not. Yeah. So it was just amazing. It truly was amazing the way – and I really attribute it to the good Lord because, as Ronnie said, if we had tried to put this together mm. – in a week, we couldn't have done it. Wow. But it just flew. Everybody, hats up in the airs. There's no red tape, boys. Have at it. This mm-hmm. has got to be done, you know. So, so what did that look like? Oh, it was helicopter rides. It was motorcycles. It was police cars. He got to, to sit on the lap of an officer and steer the car through the compound <laughs> area and everything else. Um, taxpayers didn't know it then, but they actually paid for so him they just, flying around. They just yeah. showed up at your front door. Oh, yes. Yes, they showed up. Tommy had, Sirens and lights. and Oh, lights, sirens, cameras, <laughs> you know, everybody. Um, this showed up, and I'm sure the neighbors thought they finally caught the woman. <laughs> but, uh, it was amazing. But through him, uh, Christopher, after his wish, that was April 29th of 1980, and then May 1st. Of 1980, John's uniform had actually custom made a little uniform oh for my. Christopher. John himself, the old man he called himself, locked the door at five, took two of his very best seamstresses 
and they stayed up all night custom making this oh, uniform. Oh, my gosh. They got a hold of Sergeant Jim Eves, who was a friend of John, and they delivered it to the house mm. on May 1st. On May 3rd, Christopher did pass away. Oh, my gosh. And he is buried in full uniform, badge and all, everything. You think, I, I think Jesus had the lights on, too. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure those sirens and lights were going and welcoming him there. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. It really was. Um, when I had returned, I buried him in Illinois in the family cemetery plot. Um, we kind of got together and we said, you know, this was so wonderful. Let's, there's more kids out there. In fact, Kathy McMorris had said that. Let's go find him. And that's where Chris Gracious? Yes, Gra- gracious. Gracious? Just goodness gracious. Just gracious, it. okay. Yeah. Uh, spring of 1980. Correct. Uh, Chris Gracious shows up. How and what was that story about? Um, Chris. is her son. That was my son. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Chris, yeah, that, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my note says Chris changed the world okay okay by by what what he showed done. yeah had done and yeah. and uh so he he he's right at the front end of launching you didn't even know what the name of this was going to be no. you even you didn't even know how it was going to be put together so what happened right after that well you I, obviously put a team together or there was five of us okay we had volunteered whoever we could volunteer off the street and yeah. uh we got together and we decided, you know, let's let's do this. The newspapers were very wonderful to us. Um, they publicized what we were trying to do. And people came in and donated their time, their talents, their gifts, and said, I'm a lawyer. I know how to do this. I know what you people are going to do. Let me do it free of charge. And it was wonderful. We were smart enough wow. to realize we were dumb enough not to know how to take it any I didn't farther. know you had that background. Well, yeah, we, <laughs> we did. But uh, <laughs> it was amazing. And we just gradually, little by little, people came together. Our first wish uh, was Bopsy. And that was a little Guadalupe Indian boy. And he – now, we had spent nine months with – corporation papers, writing down everything we wanted this organization to be and not to be. The lawyers put it together and one wish per child. So when Bobsy came along, he had three wishes. He wanted to be a hot air balloon, he wanted to be a fireman, <laughs> and he wanted to go to Disneyland. So <laughs> first time out of the shoot, we broke all of our own rules. <laughs> we just <laughs> broke them up and he gets all three. It was easy because we knew people to do. So the agreement was, regardless of what they, the wish is, we're going to make it happen. Pretty much. Somehow, some way, Some, we're going to make yeah. it happen. It is one wish per child. I yeah. mean, they don't get yes. multiple, but right. we are going to make it happen. You pick one out of the basket that they— Exactly, yeah. and let them go. Wow. So it is amazing. And, uh, you know, when, we, when I personally signed those corporation papers— And I remember that afternoon in my little apartment, uh, I just went down to my knees and I thanked God. And I prayed that this organization would be a true charity for children. 
Well, can't you just see how he put the the ingredients together? Oh, he did. <laughs> and you know what? The only person I knew out of all of us who gathered to make Make-A-Wish happen yeah. was one person. I did not know the rest of them. Nobody really knew each other except Ron and Tom. But these people came together, and that's how we just became we're still lifetime friends yeah. we really are wow so um so did you call it make a wish we called it gracious make a wish memorial but in it, his honor in his honor yeah. um gracious became too difficult tricky for news and it was simpler just to call it make a wish yeah and here we are today <laughs> we have over a half a million children around the world that have had wishes come true. We have 33 countries. Wow. We have 60 chapters throughout the United States. There's no borders, no language barriers, no nothing. It's a wish. It's a child. Simple as that. And and the headquarters are here in Phoenix. We are. We are. Amazing. Yes, we have our national. Our international has just recently um, moved to Holland. But that makes more sense because it's all Europe, you know. Yeah. So, um, and are are there wishes? Obviously, you you go international because there's children there exactly that have the wish, and 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 these are children that are all in in medical yes situations, right? Life threatening illnesses. Life threatening illnesses. Yes. And you're with the, you're you're on that walk with them. We are. We really are. And the greatest gift that I can think of is the parents of every wish child has memories, has, you know, many times about 80% of the children are grown up and they come back even as wish grantors. Yeah. And they volunteer their time. Wow. Look at the memories that are created, the smiles, the laughter in a time when a child's life, they need it. The whole family needs it. Amazing, yes. Yes, and that's what we do. So um, in 89... Um, is when, or I, I'm sorry, uh, 1982, it changed a bit yes. when you had uh, someone, uh, I think it was NBC Network. Oh, yes. Came to you. Yes. And they heard about this somehow, some way. Maybe it was through a local affiliate in Phoenix. I don't know. But um, they, this changed uh, and, be, and all of a sudden was becoming a national oh, yes. recognition, we, right? It was. We, had, we were inundated with mailbags of people <laughs> who wanted to do the same thing we were doing. Yeah. And how do we get started? What do we do? And we basically just told them what we did. And look at it now, 60 chapters across the United States. Wow. Now, 82... Was when the national exposure first happened. Yes, and 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 uh, and granting wishes to children fighting for their lives uh, of all sorts of medical issues. You know, correct. And um, is it is it? Do you think is it a Christian organization? Yes, I do believe that the good Lord himself started this. Yeah. I mean, I I can't help but think otherwise. <laughs> Me too. Talking to Linda and... and uh, got another hour, I can tell you the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have another 12 minutes. There so. we go. Okay. <laughs> tell as much as there you want. <laughs> it is uh, very much a, a Christian-based organization. Um, I give him the thanks for this whole thing because you know what? Five little people, five little nobodies that 
wanted to do this, it probably never should have happened. I am going to take just a few seconds okay? because uh, maybe somebody uh, came into this program uh, not at the beginning and came in wondering who Linda Pauling is. And uh, uh, Linda Pauling is the, the founder uh, of Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is now based here in Phoenix uh, nationally and internationally. And Holly Costello is here. She's the president, uh, vice president of uh, marketing and public relations for Make a Wish, and and you you see the media regularly, probably right. We do. Um, you know, it's very exciting here in Arizona. We grant about four hundred wishes a year. Um, nationally, it's about a little closer to fifteen thousand. And so it's amazing to see the kind of response that we get um, to see these kids be happy for the day. I think that that's one of the things that Linda kind of instilled in all of us. I mean, Chris was really sick when he got his wish, but on the day that he was a police officer, he was like a little kid again. He didn't feel sick. He didn't, you know, he was out and about. He was running around. He was asking all kinds of questions. And so our goal is to always give a child their wish. So the children determine their wish. It's personalized. It's customized. And they come to us with ideas. So it's not necessarily a basket of wishes. It's they come to us with ideas, and we try to figure out a way to make those wishes happen. So obviously that reporter that came from New York with NBC, it ended up in one of their shows or? Yeah, so NBC Magazine, it was like a 60 Minutes of the time. Okay. Um, they covered Linda and the other founders and really kind of talked about how this was making such an impact on children and giving them something positive to focus yeah. on while they're going through this very scary situation. And um, then it just exploded. And because of Linda and all of their due diligence, they were able to say, okay, this is how we're going to organize a federated model of chapters. So each chapter has its own CEO and president. Each chapter has its own board. Um, they grant wishes in their area. So, and a chapter is a state. A chapter. Um, some of them Probably. are states. California okay. has a couple chapters. Oh, okay. New York has a couple chapters. Because of size, yeah. It's all based on um, size, and it's based on a lot of um, the areas that have children's pediatric centers. Yes. So you're looking at places that are giving a lot of care to children that would qualify for a wish. And so they have to have a life-threatening medical condition at the time of referral. Um, but as Linda said, many of our kids live well past their diagnosis these days. We're so excited that medical science has caught up with us. Isn't it amazing? So yeah. um, we have kids. We have um, four volunteers here in Arizona alone that were all former wish kids in the 80s. So the small group that came alongside of you, Linda, um, they had no experience in this. They they had no. They just had a heart for what you you were doing, and they obviously learned from you yes. on on what the idea was and what what could could happen. Right? Correct. Correct. We had no idea really what to do or where to go, but uh, <laughs> this is what we wanted to do. There's more kids out there. Let's go find them. And you you couldn't. How did that formulate? Uh, oh. it, it had to come to a, a a place where you know we have an organization here. It it did. Um, it's like okay, we're we're real. IRS even sent us a letter saying that we were real. Okay. <laughs> well, when they send you a letter, I know, and that's the only time you want. <laughs> you them pay to attention, come to. right? Yes, you do. <laughs> but, um, it was absolutely phenomenal, and. I and Kathy McMorris went back to Christopher Stockter and different people in the hospital, and they were like, oh, this would be great. Now, now were these parents 
that had uh, life life uh, no. threatening. No. Okay. They, none of, uh, by the grace of God, they were, all their families are perfect and doing well, grown up and married and having kids of their own. But um, I was the only one, and this was what we wanted to do. So, the fire was lit. Yes. Here in Phoenix. And how how did it how did it spread how did it how did it well, where, where did it go from here through that twenty twenty it just bombarded yeah and even Australia I think was one of the first international really? countries yes that had seen it and said we want to do this too and the word just spread look what these people are trying to do in Phoenix why can't we do it too and they got their friends together different people they contacted people sure we can do this that's put together an organization, contacted us, and it became under the umbrella of Make-A-Wish. And to this day, it's a... And you just called it what it was. That's right. (laughs) Make-A-Wish. It's simple. It doesn't sound real complicated. No, we're not. We really are. We are very simple. Ah, So uh, from Phoenix to Australia. Correct. And then the word just started spreading. Spreading, yes. With people knowing people and... Yes. Pretty soon worldwide? Worldwide. Wow. Worldwide. What a and great to, story. And to think this whole thing started, you know what our first bank account was? $37.76 between five of us that pitched in when we got that letter from wow. the IRS. And it has grown today. Look at the return God made on that money. <laughs> My hunches are a little larger right now. Oh, a little bit, yes. <laughs> As a national but, foundation, yes. right? So um, and, and and by the way, if people want to donate, uh, how how do they how can they do that? They can go to arizona.wish.org forward slash donate to donate here in Arizona to help Arizona kids. So I peeked online to make a wish, and the January report just came out, mm-hmm. and there has been um, born through your efforts, Linda. This January had, uh, through 59 chapters, they had 26 celebrity meet and greets. They had 24 play sets. I'm going to have you identify what these are. Uh, 24 play sets built and 11 spa wishes. Yes, okay. (laughs) I'm going to let Holly That's nationwide. Um, And so play sets are like backyard play sets, playgrounds. Um, A lot of our wishes have changed with the pandemic. Um, Typically, we used to do a lot of travel wishes, but travel has changed. Oh, yeah. Uh, So we're not doing as many travel wishes. We're not doing international travel wishes from the United States. So a lot of people are kind of focusing on their backyards. The families, you know, want to protect their kids. These kids are immunocompromised often, um, or they're still going through treatment when they're going through wishes. So they're asking for backyard renovations, room renovations, play sets, um, hot tubs and spas. They're asking for local trips. So kids are, dra- you know, traveling in a different, you know, they could be traveling to California for a beach vacation or up north to go. So skiing. even in, in the face of the pandemic, uh, conversations and and um, and talking about make a wish didn't stop. Not at all. You just found new ways to do that. Absolutely. So you stayed in touch with each other, and you saw it grow from there, right? 
Absolutely. Um, we, weren't al- we weren't able to grant as many wishes as we had typically granted, yeah. um, just because the wishes that we were granting were a little bit more complicated. And obviously, <laughs> supply chain affects everyone, yeah. not just um, as much as we love to say that we're, you know, fairy godmothers. We can't really necessarily make things appear out of nowhere. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, we continue to grant wishes because the the big thing is these kids need hope when they need it. So we don't want them to have to wait for hope. So we wanted to make sure that they continue to know that we were behind them. My gosh. So um, this is just one. This is a a, a national number that we just. Those are national numbers. Talk. Yeah. And um, I, I guess it's kind of obvious for a celebrity meet and greet. There's somebody that they're anxious to meet, right? Right, right. and and you make that happen, and um, and it doesn't matter where the whether it's here in Arizona or in, I, I didn't know about the international part. That's yeah. that's uh, that's significant. And um, the celebrity meet and greets actually were really great because we were able to do them virtually. So the kids got quality time. That was my question. Yeah. Quality time, you know, one on one with individuals that they were excited to meet. So Michael Jordan, DJ Khaled, all of these um, sports celebrities, music celebrities. A lot of sports celebrities probably, right? Absolutely. Everybody has their favorite In any sport. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Across the board. Well, actually, during the Olympic season, you probably it probably surfaced some more, right? Absolutely. So we're in our last uh, couple of minutes here, but this is this is really in, not not just enlightening; uh, it's life changing it uh, because we don't know who's listening right now. We have had people from Australia co- uh, contact this show. Really? Wow! <laughs> and so we don't know. I never know when you're on the sitting on the the internet. You never know yeah. who's catching what. And uh, and but the Rescuers Show has had some of that uh, participation. So again, how would they get in touch if they want to donate or or talk about you about a child or how do they do this? So um, anybody can refer a child, a medical provider, a parent, a child themselves can refer themselves. They just go on our website, um, wish.org forward slash refer a child. Um, They'll find it very easy. It's right on the top button. And then if they'd like to donate here in Arizona, they go to arizona.wish.org forward slash donate, and that money stays here in Arizona. Or if they would like to donate in a different state, they can look up their their local Make-A-Wish chapter on wish.org. Nice. So just, just on the Internet, somebody living in Ohio can find out who they're, who's running that Absolutely. that office there. Make-A-Wish Ohio, Kentucky. Or wherever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. I'm an old Ohio guy. So. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, underline old. So, uh, uh, Linda and uh, Holly, you both are rescuers. Oh, thank thank you. you. God bless you for being on the show. God bless you. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.